1: If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
2: 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tirec.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dyna Pro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What you have Got to Leap Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Tire Rack.com studios, Tire Rack.com. Let we'll me get there. Unmatched selection, fast-free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10000 recommended installers, Tire is the way tire buying should be. There is a uh, potpourri of things we could get to. I like that potpourri. That's not bad. It's not bad. Although, I got to tell you, I'm not really a huge fan of the smell of potpourri. Still. Potpourri of things to get to. Friday night, again, we haven't talked since Friday night. Friday night was when we had that, those weird uh, courts in the NBA for the NBA tournament. We, we go to our resident uniform police, and I don't know if he's a court police as well. Dan Byer, what did you think of the, the uh, universal, although they were all like uh, the coloring is based upon the home team. You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder had a blue court. The Rockets had a red court. Uh what did you think of the courts that were used for the NBA's in-season tournament?
3: L- little too much for me, Doug. I like a little seasoning. I like a little salt and pepper. I don't need my meal to be all salt and pepper. Uh that's Yeah, it it looked a lot. like
2: a, it looked like the Big 3. It was one of those things where I don't think Ice Cube has much of a case in terms of the NBA trying to quell the Big 3, but it's what it looked like. It 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 didn't look real.
3: No, it's a difficult watch as well. And I let's we've seen this in college football as well with teams trying to do what Boise does with uh you know with their blue field mm-hmm. and we've had a bunch of crazy looks. I think Eastern Michigan has the gray field.
2: Eastern not, Washington has the all red field. Yeah. It's yeah. like blood everywhere.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I am not a fan of of those. I'm a fan of what Boise State does, but I'm not a fan of everybody else. And if you wanted to have one off one different one that's fine, but it was just way too much. Like the the, the Thunder and Warriors played Doug in the color scheme, I'm pretty sure it was the Thunder, you know, but the Warriors also kinda had some of those same colors back in the day. But uh yeah, like it's also confusing of like all right. Who am I watching? Yeah, exactly. Who am it's I watching? Bad enough with the uniforms. It's yeah, I was I was not a huge fan. Some had some unique looks. The Bucks court was kind of in play with what they did, but overall I was not a or how they look, but overall I was not a fan.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a lot. There was a lot going on there. A lot a lot going on there. Um the other part to the the tournament is like does anybody actually know how it all works with the standings and the playoffs? It's it's so confusing. It started so quickly and they're just re- kind of regular season NBA games. It's very difficult to go like, "Oh, well, here's your record, but here's your record in the tournament and art in and what does it actually mean?"
3: I heard a lot of people saying there should be automatic bids to the playoffs or what sort of incentive could you give to these teams to make it to make them feel that it's worthwhile but i don't think that i don't think they are the problem are they like it's it's the fans that are maybe maybe an automatic playoff berth would get fans involved but then if your team won it why would you care what would happen from december until april so I just I don't know if there's like an ultimate solution to it because I thought this was to get fans to be engaged and to be interested from mid October to Christmas Day, and I I don't know I don't know if this will do that.
2: I would uh, I tend to agree with you. I I I think the idea is really just to get these guys to play more. Um, Which if you look at the Suns who have struggled a little bit. And obviously some of it Brad Beale's not been healthy, but they've had some suspect. It's like, wait, hold on, you have you have one of your star players missed a couple games with a foot sprain, then he comes in and he drops thirty two. It's like, well, was he really hurt or was was he really injured or just hurt?
3: Sure. The only counter to that I would say is they're gonna then they just will miss the other games that aren't right. Mid season tournament games. Sure.
2: Sure. Um, college football, we mentioned Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. Uh, there's another loss for Texas a and m they're at they're at uh, five and four on the year now. That's a real thing. They are at five and four on the season. Uh, Clemson and maybe that who is the caller we talked about last week? And Clemson bounces back and and beats Notre Dame and Notre Dame now, right They're despite the the win over USC, seven and three on the year. Which is a good year, but is it where no, is is there a discernible difference, other than people like their head coach now, than as opposed to when Brian Kelly was there?
3: Um, Tyrone picks, and Spartanburg, wasn't that who it was?
2: Uh, Tyler, 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 start, Tyler and Spartanburg, and the uh, do you believe now Colorado Buffaloes are now four and five? On the year, Still hit the over in number of wins, but um, you change offensive coordinators and it gets worse before it gets better. Now they got Arizona who's red hot. Then they go to w- Wazoo and Utah. And if you haven't been tracking what Arizona's done, they've won three in a row, beaten three straight ranked teams. Now they travel to Colorado and, and probably should have beaten or had a shot to beat USC. And lost to Washington by a touchdown. Four and six is staring Colorado in the face. Speaking of, of coaching, the Raiders made a bold move or a couple of bold moves last week. Fired offensive coordinator, fired Josh McDaniels, fired Dave Ziegler, the GM. And uh, they, they put in place Antonio Pierce. And Antonio Pierce is a heck of a player. Right, he's one of those guys. He's, he's Jeff Saturday. Now, he has coached college football at Arizona State. He was on staff there. This is what he said to reporters after the win. You've had great wins as a player, but where does your first head coaching win rank?
3: It's up there. My stomach was, uh, I had them butterflies before the game. Uh, that hasn't happened but two other times in my life, and uh, it was special, very special.
2: Here's Antonio Pierce's locker room speech. All the guys smoking cigars in the Raiders locker room. Here's his speech.
4: Right
3: Hey, hey, like we talked about it, man. Blank sheet, new chapter, we writing our own script. Write our own script, man. That's just one step, man. You guys know how to go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up your minds. What we was gonna do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said. And then we did it. Exactly. Hey man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building's probably but more importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That was rough the last two weeks. The biggest window? The front window. And guess what? Every door we go into, we're kicking that from now on. But no thanks about it, man. Hey, man. You know what this time is? I'll see you.
2: So there's a, there's a Dan Campbell to it. There's a Jeff Saturday to it. There's a, and and the truth is, with coaching, one, the short term, obviously, you know, Josh McDaniels didn't make it fun. Um, I don't think Antonio Pierce relates to the players because he's black, I think, and it's not just because he's a former player. Some guys relate to players and some guys don't. And there's some players that don't relate to other players. Antonio Pierce is a dude who, if you've ever been alone in a room with him before, you genuinely like him. Right? There's, it's, it's like being a quarterback. you got to be liked and likable, but you also kind of got to... Be a hard ass for the details at, at times, and you got to be willing and able to call guys out. It's weird, though, right? Now he didn't come right out of the TV booth uh, to be on to be on staff. He was at Arizona State for a couple years, but it's not like he has a long track record of coaching. Or you'd normally make it a hire, but I, it's it's not really that hard to see Antonio Pierce being the head coach of the Raiders, is it? Right. You hire offensive people that you trust and respect and let them do your job. You let other defensive guys do your job. And you motivate as you go in and, and the things that you know, you help grow. The things that you don't, you don't. It's that simple. Truly that simple. So I, I just, I like it. I like the Jeff Saturday deal last year. Because as much as you have to learn as a coach, you have to learn a lot of the things non-coaching wise, the meetings, the way in which you tweak players and, and, and some of the eval things you got to learn in terms of game day coaching or game week coaching. If you've been coached and played at that high level and you paid attention and you're one of those dudes that can take over room, I do believe you can do it. And, and my message is consistent from last year was Saturday to this year. I don't think the Colts were that bad on a Saturday. They lost a bunch of games, very very close. I'm not sure how many of them they didn't want to lose in order to get a better draft spot. But he was brought in more to evaluate. I don't think uh, I don't think Antonio Pierce was brought in to evaluate. He was brought in to motivate, and he's doing a hell of a job with it. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Should be pointed out that the Giants are kind of an abject disaster, especially when uh, Danny Dimes gets hurt, tears his ACL. They have no offense at all. And Daniel Jones only threw nine passes before tearing his ACL. And, uh, you know, the Raiders, as he went down, then they just kind of opened up a can. And Josh Jacobs had 98 yards rushing. There's a the guy who led the NFL. And Aiden O'Connell, just solid 16-25, 209. But uh, is that going to win them a Super Bowl? No. Is that going to get them to the playoffs? I don't know. They play the Jets next, then the Dolphins and the Chiefs for a break. And then the Vikings, Chargers, at Chiefs, at Colts, Broncos. Is it possible? Yes. Do, is it
0: possible he keeps the job? Yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Hire people that know enough to know, hire somebody who knows enough to know what he doesn't know. And Antonio Pierce knows football, especially defense football and motivating dudes. He's still a good dude, still one of those guys. Fox Sports Radio has
6: the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb.
2: What up, Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. We got the press upcoming, we got love and hate upcoming, we got a lot of things to get to. to. Um, I don't, you know, like, I'm not going to use this platform like, uh, Charger fan, got to use Charger fan platform, like, no, that's not it, but... I think we can be honest with ourselves and say the Chargers who, you know, they made the playoffs last year, lost a gigantic lead, 27 nothing to the Jaguars, and, um, you know, lots of people who wanted to fire their head coach, including our own Jason Stewart. They have a three-game stretch here. Jets on the road, Lions at home, Packers on the road. Uh, they do still have the Patriots on the road, the Broncos twice, and So there's some, and we'll see if the Raiders are any good. They have some, you know, they'll be favored in the against the Patriots. They'll be favored both times against the Broncos, I believe. Likely favored against the Raiders, although we'll see if they if they um, if the Raiders get it going. Won't be favored against the Chiefs last game of the season. That's at home, although we don't know where the Chiefs will be in terms of the standing if they need to play all their guys in that last game. But a blind man can say, "Hey, Jets." Whatever you think of Zach Wilson, that's a better option than if Aaron Rodgers was there. Lions have looked fallible, play hard, but have looked fallible. And Packers, like these are three winnable games. Winnable. If you lose all three, Brad Staley gets fired. If you lose two or three, he eventually gets fired. If you win two of three, you're going to make the playoffs. You win three of three, you're a virtual lock to make the playoffs, right? You get to, you win three of three, you get to six. All right. You get to six. You can. Clip off the Patriots, one of the Broncos games. You know, uh, I think you can win. You could, you could beat the Chiefs the last game of the season, especially if they're not playing their dudes. Even if they do, you've been competitive with the Chiefs. I don't think they beat the Ravens as of now. But you could get to 10. You get to 10, you get to the playoffs. You get to the playoffs, you probably keep your job. Can't get to 10 or the playoffs if you lose all three of these games. And two of three makes it incredibly difficult. So, yes, a lot of people are going to focus on the Jets and Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And, by the way, I spoke to my orthopedic surgeon, uh, Andy Carrick, and he said it's not crazy at all for Aaron Rodgers to come back and play this year. The idea of holding a guy out for a full year, that, that is really arcane. Although, I will point out, did you guys see what happened to um, Cam Akers, right? Cam Akers, of course, famously two years ago, came back early from an Achilles tendon tear. He tore his Achilles tendon in the game yesterday. Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. Didn't, didn't the Cubs do that before? Was it Renteria? What was, who was the manager that they fired? For Joe and, Madden? Huh? Was for it for Joe Madden? For Joe yeah, Madden. Rick ultimately, Renteria, ultimately, yeah, Rick Renteria, I believe it was. Yeah, Rick Renteria was sent packing, and they hired Joe Madden. And Madden did, in fact, win them World Series, I think, in his second or third year. There is precedent for this even in Chicago. Let's get to love and hate what did you love god i love you and what did you hate
1: meet these player haters
2: okay on a monday on the doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio and the uh, tyrac.com studios we'll try and pick out the things we loved from the weekend the things we hated from the weekend dan Byer, i give you the floor what'd you love
3: well, I loved what we had in Houston. There was a lot to love from that Buccaneers Texans game. But I think nothing more than watching Dari Agung wait, excuse me, Agumba Wale kick the twenty nine yard field goal for the Texans because Kaimi Fairbairn went out with an injury. So Agumba Wale had to come in, had some experience uh playing Soccer in high school, he was their emergency kicker and when they needed him. Now it didn't decide the game, but he did have a field goal that allowed them to go ahead of the Buccaneers 33 to 30. That was awesome to see a running back going out there and kicking that. So Daria Gumbawale is my love for the weekend.
7: And he had uh, he had some really good form. Like usually when you have these like kind of football players trying to kick balls, you could tell they haven't really kicked that much, but yeah. You could tell he has a background in kicking. He looked like other than the fact that he was like 2'10", he looked like <laughs> yeah. a kicker. Like he could have played a kicker in a movie, you know?
3: Yes. And he kicked off. Like there was a time where I think they heck they had to kick off from the fifty and so he put one pretty deep. But when he had to kick off normal it only got to about the fifteen or twenty yard line. But, yeah, I thought it was awesome for him to kick and make it. And then to see the reaction of everyone, you know, the coaches, was really cool. So, I loved uh, Daria Gumbawale making that kick yesterday.
2: Jay Stu, give me something you loved.
7: I can't not mention Joshua Dobbs. Um, So, to give the listeners just a brief background here and why I love the story is because I think the Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Vikings are the fourth team since last December that Joshua Dobbs has been on. And it might be five. Um, He's constantly counted out. In fact, I think we were on this uh, this show six to eight weeks ago when I told the story that when the Cardinals signed Josh Dobbs and got rid of Colt McCoy, that was the reason why they were obviously tanking. Because Josh Dobbs is so awful that they were obviously tanking the season. But no, he put in great weeks with the Cardinals. Doug and I talked last week at the trade deadline when the Vikings made the deal. And we said we love this deal because Josh Dobbs is going to be put with some players. They got some playmakers on the offensive side. They got a great defense. And what does he do? On second's notice, because the starter went down pretty early in the game, he literally had to learn like things on the fly yesterday. I don't know the quarterback terms. You guys are better at this than I am. But he wasn't totally familiar with the playbook and or his teammates or what to do, and he led them to a 31-28 to 28, uh, comeback yesterday. One of the stories of the year, Josh Dobbs. I love this guy.
2: I think it's an incredible story. Uh, what did I love? Come on, man. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in, in football. Um, and I think th- there's a couple of things that that go with it. I mean, first, it's everybody counted Oklahoma State out for dead. They're two and two, lost at home to South Alabama. They lose to Iowa State after finally selecting a quarterback. They're playing three quarterbacks to start the year and really three running backs. And now they probably have the best running back in football, in college football, in Ollie Gordon. And Alan Bowman, their transfer quarterback, is a. Uh, I mean, a bona fide leader and stud and they've kind of figured themselves out. But more than anything, you know, when you and this, I know more about the university, having gone there, been a part of it um, and and doing some things for the university throughout my my career. Um, When you understand the disparity in the haves and have nots in college football, and they're not totally have nots, but Oklahoma has always had a lot more money, a lot more history, a lot more fans, a lot more success. And then to end it the way they did and um there, there's one other element to it that I don't know if you guys know this okay but there's a defensive lineman for uh Oklahoma who played at Oklahoma State last year and was frankly one of their best players you know and uh his name's Trace Ford and he transferred after playing four seasons for Oklahoma State, I think he was a team captain. And he kind of called out Mike Gundy and said that uh, Mike Gundy is petty and uh, that he should, they should look out for him if you're watching tape. So I don't know if you should do it, but one of the Oklahoma State assistants after the game put the tape of him getting road graded in the game. Like there was trash talk from a player to his former head coach. I'd never seen that before. And... Uh, Oklahoma State won the game, tore down the goalpost. It's pretty cool. If there
3: if there was one game, not this past weekend, Doug, but I think in the college football season, I think that it was probably the game in Stillwater on Saturday. Yep. Like to if you could be at that game, to be at that game, and and obviously the outcome now also, really in favor of Oklahoma State. But to see that, to, I mean, of all of the, you know, we had LSU Alabama on the same, you know night on Saturday night and I, I felt bedlam like overshadowed it so yeah to be in Stillwater for that one could have been the best college game
2: of the season no doubt um Lorena you got something you
4: love you know what I loved this weekend I loved that I got to start watching Christmas movies already <laughs> does that count it's true
7: it's does that true. count <laughs> not too soon
4: not too soon
3: Michael's inundated uh with Christmas stuff this was like as of last Monday.
4: Yeah, it's the cheesy lifetime Hallmark movies that are my favorite. Like the ones that make no sense, but they're good.
3: <laughs> like now, Memories Down Tinseltown Lane, stuff like that.
7: Yeah. I've always thought that the start of the holiday season was when um Starbucks goes to Red Cups. Have they gone to Red Cups? They did. They did. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that really kind of marks things. You can see there's ornaments
3: on the, the plastic water cups as well.
2: Um, well, that means they go from pumpkin spice latte to um, to now the, the Christmas stuff, right?
7: Peppermint something.
2: Pe- peppermint yeah. something lattes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, what you hated from the weekend. Ew. Dan Beyer, let's start with you.
3: Okay. Now, I will readily admit that I do not have all the evidence of this because my show last night went to 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, and I had a 30-minute drive home. But in saying this, I felt that Demar Hamlin's return to Cincinnati should have been a bigger deal. I don't. I I know like there was. I think they did something on countdown on ESPN, and I'm sure they did some pregame stuff. But like. Like I felt like number one, Demar Hamlin should have been active for the Buffalo Bills. Exactly. I I don't care what happens, he needs to play in that game. I felt he should have been the one introduced in pregame starting in in the starting lineup. Like if just you know you don't do it for the road team, you know necessarily. Maybe they just run it out there. But if anybody like he should have been given that opportunity last night and. I, I did not like that. I hated seeing him not in uniform on the sideline. Like I just I don't know. I just felt like it was such a story that we were all so involved in and that we were all tied into. I mean, how many days did we have that feeling still like in our stomach of seeing him on the field? You know, when it happened, and I just, I I don't know if it's, and I know there were scholarships that were announced and other things, but I just felt like more should have been done. I thought the game should have been on Monday Night Football. I think part of the ESPN crew was a part of that. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. In dealing that, instead you have Collinsworth and Tarico, which then puts a bad taste in my mouth because I'm like, oh, this is all about getting your most viewers. Like, why does NBC get that opportunity? I I just I didn't like it. I, I I wish more would have been done because I think so many were affected, especially those fans in Cincinnati
7: as well. I hadn't even thought about this, but if you went to Sean McDermott within seven days of what happened last year, and you said not only is DeMar Hamlin going to live past this week, but he's going to be good enough to have a chance to make your roster when you return to Cincinnati next year. You'd think that McDermott in those moments a week after would have been like, well, it depends if he's good enough to make the roster. It's a, it, it just seems so – and especially since they went out and got their asses kicked anyways. Like just not including him as your 53rd player or whatever, that was going to make all the difference in the world. I thought that was BS, too.
2: Uh, Okay. What about you, Jace, Stu? What do you hate?
7: I really hate that um, Antonio Pierce won his interim debut and David Ross got hired or got fired as the Cubs manager and John Ramos is not here. Um, We mentioned that John Ramos left uh, the show for good on Friday and... This is wheelhouse Ramos material. Like, there was no more amusing um, John Ramos than than mercurial, you know, vitriolic Ramos, because he almost never got mad. But people who got jobs without any experience in that field— was maybe tops on his list of things that he hated most. So David Ross, I already sent Ramos a text since he got fired today, and I wanna I wanna quote him. I don't want to uh, to misquote him. His quote was, "The Cubs deserved better," um, which is really put in it lightly for John. He would have crushed the Cubs for making the hire in the first place. You need to pay your dues. To get any job in this world, according to John Ramos, and uh, it's sad that we we couldn't hear from him today.
2: Mm, very very sad. Doug so, Gottlieb, show go ahead. So he would
7: have been happy that David Ross was dismissed. No
3: no that, no. He, yes. he would have been okay. Happy yeah, because, that Ross was dismissed, yeah. and because pissed Ross off that was, had, had, no,
2: had no background sure. in, in managing before he got the job, and mad because Antonio Pierce got hired and then won the game. Right. Exactly. Lorena.
4: Um. So what really tickled my feathers this morning or yesterday was the Cowboys uh, getting so close to the end. I really thought they were going to get it. They got right up to the goal line just to get pushed back farther and farther and farther and farther. And then I was like, well, it's gone. <laughs> it's done.
3: Such a great point. You ever see the Chiefs do that, Doug? No. Late in the game, get no. down there and then end up, you know, 15 yards behind the sticks? No. It happened to the Cowboys and the Dolphins.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's why they win, right? And it's, I, I understand that, I, you know, we talked about, we'll talk about in the podcast as well, that catch that I thought should have been a touchdown because the tight end was tackled before he ever caught the ball. But um, just they were discombobulated. And and I love that that uh, Dak Prescott, you know, tried, drew Jalen Carter off sides. Why not use the three, free play right there? He didn't. Okay, you get down to the six. You better be ready to go. Instead, they get their own. Uh, they, ju- they, they jump on their own. Then they give up a sack, and it was just an abject disaster.
7: The crazy thing was that the Eagles tried really hard to give them that score. Remember, not only did Jalen Carter get off sides, but wasn't there a roughing the passer within that mix? Um, somebody hit Dak late, I want to say, and gave him 15 yards on that drive.
4: I'm making this up. That did happen. And uh, also the amount of flags that happened in that last 45 seconds too was ridiculous.
2: I hate that we're not covering this uh, Colorado season with the same energy we were covering at the start of the year. I, I understand we don't pay attention to four and five teams, but this is a little bit like what we do on the other side when athletes are charged with a crime and then ultimately they get vindicated, right? We like barely cover it. We're doing that with Colorado football. We're like, oh, yeah, they lost. You know, they weren't supposed to win. Like, no, we, we had people go on air and pick them and act like they were going to compete for a national championship after winning a couple games to start the year. Like, and he fires his – the offense – the the offense was fine. Was Shadur Sanders getting hit a ton? Yeah, one, they weren't running the ball, but they weren't running it because they can't run it. And two, he holds the ball a long time. So it was going bad, and Deion Sanders is – Pointed the finger outward still some. I just I hate how this thing we we paid attention to it for four weeks and then we completely stopped paying attention to it.
7: What about that comment that Dion made about the tent windows? Did you see that? Um, something about our windows are tinted. You don't know what's going on behind here. Well, that's weird because like three or four weeks ago, his whole thing was I'm gonna i I'm gonna sit here until you're done asking me questions. In other words, I'm an open book. So, which are you? Are you an open book or do you have tinted windows and you don't, we don't know what's going on? Which one is it, Dion? That's
2: a great question. That's love and hate here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, coming up next, live from the Tireight.com studios, the Chiefs win over the Dolphins provided something we've never seen before in the NFL or even sports for that matter.
6: That's coming next. Dobbs back to pass on third down. He stays in the pocket, fires to the end zone, touchdown! broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio. Here's Doug Gottlieb.
2: This is the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's our Progressive Play of the Day. Progressives are making things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. 100.3 FM Vikings Radio Network is Josh Dobbs as Brandon Powell in the fourth quarter to make it 31-28. That was the final score. Vikings win with a new quarterback who didn't know the playbook. Um, That's a heck of a win. Care of the Vikings Radio Network, our progressive play of the day. Let's get to the press. The press.
3: Dan Byron, what do you got? Doug, we have news just in from the NFL as Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon has announced that Kyler Murray is on track to start Week 10 against the Atlanta Falcons. Murray's expected to take most of the first team reps in practice and if all goes well he'll start sunday at home against atlanta
2: well they couldn't look any worse this last weekend obviously you get a quarterback no one's ever heard of before and won't hear of since and they weren't expected to be great this year but going to be interesting to see how competitive they are with kyler murray of course uh there are there are some that think they should walk from kyler murray at the end of this year we'll see if that's A reality, Um, Arizona was more competitive to start the year than anybody would have thought possible. On the other hand, right now, they're... They're they're uh, neck and neck with the Carolina Panthers for the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. After getting drubbed twenty seven to nothing by the Browns, they have the Falcons. Then they go to the Texans, the Rams, and the Steelers. So Falcons and Rams games, two that you think they might be able to do something in. Still have the Bears in the schedule, so there's still wins to be had if they want to have them.
3: I am curious on how this all plays out, especially just because of where the Cardinals are, what they want to do. Now, they do have draft ammunition, Doug. But also, I think a lot of people felt if Kyler Murray was coming back, this is his audition. This is his audition for other teams in the NFL. If they want to acquire him this offseason, that here would be your opportunity if the Cardinals end up getting the first overall pick, which right now they would be in line uh, to having. So, I'm just I'm curious on how this goes, because... I don't think their roster is good enough to win a you know, a bunch of games anyway, but just on how much of an audition it would be with the team that they've put around him. That's a good point. In other NFL news, Doug, this one uh, caught my eye. Uh, John Orend of the Sports Business Journal tweeted this. Yesterday morning's Chiefs game posted an incredible 94 share in Kansas City. Meaning 94% of the TVs in use in Kansas City yesterday were tuned to the Chiefs Dolphins game. Oren wow. says, yeah, that it's in the running for the highest local share for any NFL game, if not any sports event period. And there's some great comments as well like to the uh, you know to the, to the post. Someone said that grocery stores were like filled on Saturday getting ready for the sunday game doing uh you know people buying like breakfast stuff and whatnot so yeah pretty there's cool.
2: nothing like chief's kingdom now look some they've always had a passionate fan base but you have the level of success they've had recently um, and you put it on a unique time that's what a win for for kansas city
7: and wasn't taylor swift in attendance like wasn't that a thing I don't think she was there in Germany. Oh, I thought I saw a picture of her walking out with him in London. Is that or but in Germany? That was a maybe. That was I don't know. I you know what?
3: It's, it's a, I'm glad you brought this up because my wife goes to me. Yeah, did you see Taylor Swift was hanging out with Brittany Mahomes and she was there with Selena Gomez and and uh, Gigi Hadid and and I'm like, no, I didn't see that. And so then I went to Brittany Mahomes's Instagram and it's her with a couple of her friends that I didn't see and then I saw on social media yeah there she is out with Taylor Swift so I actually Jason I have no idea if she was hanging out with them but I did not see any shots of her at the
7: game yesterday Oh uh, you're right you're right that was in New York interesting okay I wonder if the Taylor Swift thing does increase the uh, the ratings even in KC though It would have been a 96 share if she was at the game
3: Good point I just thought it was interesting uh, Doug, you want to hear some Heisman odds? I do. All right. Your boy Ollie Gordon has cracked the top eight. In fact, he's cracked the top seven. Right now, according to Bet Online, Michael Penix Jr. of Washington is your favorite. Eight to five odds to win the Heisman. Bo Nix of Oregon is next, then Jordan Travis of Florida State, followed by Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, Carson Beck of Georgia, Ohio State receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., and Ali Gordon coming in. Ali Gordon, the third, coming in at sixteen to one.
2: That's that, those are remarkable odds. I mean, so Panix is the favorite, correct? That's yep. what I that's yep. what I hear. Yep. Okay, and of course they just had a gigantic win over USC. Um, now, obviously USC fires their defensive coordinator, uh, but I, you know, like, look, now they got to go to Utah. Of course, Utah pummeled Arizona State. is not very good. They still got Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, and then, um, and then we have uh, we have the Pac-12 championship game, where they'll probably what rematch with Oregon. Yes. I think that's what's going to decide. Whoever wins that whoever wins the Pac twelve championship game where if he continues to compete, they they finish undefeated, he'll win it.
3: Yeah. And I think if, if Oregon would beat Washington in the Pac twelve title game to your point, I think Bo Nix would then win it. Correct. I think it's gonna be difficult for like JJ McCarthy would have to have a great game against Ohio State. The problem is
2: uh, the sign stealing thing yes. I think, kills him. Yeah. Yep, I think and, it kills him.
3: Yeah, and I don't think that Carson Beck has got enough um, juice behind him at Georgia. Marvin Harrison scored two touchdowns against Rutgers this past weekend, but saw his odds drop. Wasn't I? I think I think Marvin Harrison
2: might be the best football player.
3: Yeah, yeah, I would. But I would he's agree not going to win with the that. trophy. Yeah, correct. And hey, if you know. the Cowboys keep rolling, you know who knows? Maybe we'll see Gordon. Who knows? Odds.
2: And he was he was remarkable. And I mean, like you look at the numbers, and you basically cut off the first three games. It's a, it's a crazy thing that they've been able to do in Stillwater. I mean, if you haven't paid attention to this Ollie Gordon story, it's crazy. He was literally splitting time. And uh, now he has 1,224 yards, and they still have, I think, three regular season games to play. And uh, they got Central Florida, and they have Houston and BYU. I think that that's it. And then if they win all three, they'll play in the Big 12 championship game. So there's still a shot there at, at this pace without the first three games really doing anything. In mean, first three games, he had 44, 53, and 12 yards against South Alabama. 12. Since then, he's had 121, 136, 168, 282, 271, and 137. It's, it's crazy. There's, there's a world there where he gets close to 2,000 yards if he plays four more games a season.
3: One other story, Doug. The Associated Press is quoting a former employee at a Big Ten football school saying it was his job to steal signs and compile a spreadsheet of play calling signals used by Michigan last year, saying he was given details from multiple league schools to try to steal Michigan signs, saying that he's speaking to the press because he believes that Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan coaches are being unfairly blamed for the actions of a rogue staffer.
2: Hmm. And that is the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, look, and, and Michigan has just received notice of, that they're, they're being investigated. I think it's really this simple. Okay? Do I think that Jim Harbaugh is sitting there going, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fly here. And no, I, I believe that Harbaugh probably is like, your job is to get signs. Figure it out. I don't care how. That's it. The, your job is to, is to get signs. I don't care how. Now, does that come back to get you? Of course it does. But are we going to take wins off of their resume? I don't think so. It's Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. if you dare.